Amen. If you can join me again in the letter of James in the New Testament, looking at this first chapter, verses 19 to 27. To our guests and visitors, you're welcome to join us as we stand in the honoring of reading of God's word. Those who are still turning there, we are in James, first chapter, uh, starting at verse 19 to verse 27. Once you get there, if you can say amen. 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 If you're not there, say hold on. All right, I'll hold on. Amen. Because we're going to stay right there. Uh, so hopefully you stay right there. Keep your Bible open. Try your best not to fall asleep. And hopefully we'll arrive to the same conclusion. Amen. 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 Still here a little bit of page turning up. New, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, so if your translation is different, some words may be different, but the meaning is still the same. James first chapter, uh, 19th verse 2, the 27th verse, the end of this first chapter of James. The Word of God says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself. And your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Praise God for his words. You may be seated. As you take your seat, help me announce this subject matter, this title to your neighbor. Tell them, looking to remember. Amen. Make sure nobody felt left out. Make sure you have a conversation with them. Tell them looking to remember. Looking to remember. And otherwise, you have a subtitle have living out God's holy word. And so as we're looking at to God, to live out God's holy word, look what he points out to us. He says, understand my beloved or my dear brothers or my dear sisters. You must be what? Quick. To listen. I, I find that very interesting that that's the first imperative, the first command that he gave. He did not say that you should be quick to speak. Watch out, somebody. He says that you should be quick to listen and slow to speak. The saying is out there that God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. That means you need to listen more than you talk. Some of us still have not understood that principle because we still talk more than we listen. 
Y'all laughing, I'm laughing, I'm glad I'm with you, I'm, I'm glad y'all with me because we know this truth is true to us because we know that there's many times that we've been in a conversation with somebody and we had to hold our tongue because we already knew what we wanted to say and we really were not listening to what they said and then you respond once they get done and then they have that look of perplexed, of being puzzled, trying to figure out what are you talking about. And the reason why they're trying to figure out what you're talking about, because you were not listening to what they said. You had your mind made up. You drew the conclusion, thought you knew the answer, and all you said was a whole lot of nothing. Watch out, somebody. We need to be quick to listen. This principle that James has given to us is speaking that we need to be quick to listen to the word of God. Help me preach to your neighbor. Tell me you need to listen to the word of God. The problem is that many people do not want to listen to the word of God. You might be sitting next to someone today. Lord have mercy. Is that they've been in church so long that they heard everything that needs to be said. That if you're going to say something that they heard before, they don't want to hear it. Mm, mm, mm. But can I help somebody out to understand that the word of God is living, is sharper than a two-edged sword. It has purpose. It can work. It can cut. It can divide. It can do things in our life. That's why it says here that you should receive it. Why should you receive it? Because it can save your soul. But sometimes that we've become so haughty, we've become so proud that we're unable to listen. Because look what happens when you don't listen. You become angry. Oh, look here in the text. It says that when you become angry, you do not bring any glory to God. Watch out, somebody. It, sa it says it clearly right there in the text that human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Human anger. You know that human anger that I'm going to take my ball and go home? If you're not going to be my way, I'll have to put up with this. I'm gone. That's all about us, all about us, all about what I can get out and what I can control. But if we look at who is in control, then we should surrender to God and say, Lord, I'll listen. Oh, that's a hard thing because you know when you're wrong. And somebody's about to tell you about how you were wrong. You don't want to hear that. But you need to hear it. You see, that's why you go to the doctor. You go to the doctor knowing you're sick. He knows you're sick, and he gives you what you need so you can get better. Y'all quiet on me. There's some people in your lives that speak truth to you that you don't want to hear, but the truth is for your benefit just to get you better. But since you're not so quick to listen, you're so quick to speak, you're not hearing, and you're becoming foolish because it says you're only fooling yourself. So we need to listen and say, Lord, what do I need to listen to? That, that, that Bible verse, that text that you read and you get mad at, keep on reading. So you don't get angry anymore. You need to look at it. Some, some of us need to look at some text that we've glossed over because we did not want it to minister to our hearts. But God is trying to get a hold of you. And that's why he keeps on bringing it up. It's kind of funny, isn't it? How you listen to the radio, you listen to a TV preacher, you go to Sunday school and keep the same topic, keep on coming up. God trying to tell you something. It, this is not by coincidence. God is trying to minister to you. So every time you go somewhere, they talk about stewardship. Maybe you need to work on your finances. 
Every time you go somewhere, they're talking about purity. Maybe you need to work on being pure. We need to look and start paying attention that when I'm hearing something, I'm looking how to apply it to my life. Because when you're quick to listen, you're slow to speak, you're slow to get angry. Because you're able to get all the information in. Because look what happens here when you follow. These are instructions he gives. He says, these are instructions, the imperatives, declaratives. He says, be quick to listen, be slow to speak, and be slow to anger. These are some checklists we need to have in our, in our lives, definitely in our relationships. When those who we love most are the ones we need to check, when you're about to have a conversation, am I going to be quick to listen or will I be quick to talk back? We need to stop interrupting one another and say, are you finished? Is this what you said to me? Help me to understand. Before you get into what you want to say, make sure you understood what someone said to you. We get so caught up that we look at ourselves, think we got it together, but the text makes it clear that we walk away forgetting what we look like. We're fooling ourselves. So follow these imperatives so that you can bring glory to God because you know that when you get angry and you start quoting some stuff that y'all about make me lose my head up in here, up in here. I'm about to act a fool up in here. That's the anger of the world that gets us to be permissible for me to act a fool because I'm angry. But is that going to bring God glory? Humility brings him glory. Gentleness brings him glory. So do not, do not allow your human ad- attitude get the best of you. But it tells us in verse 21 to get rid of some stuff. And when it says get rid of, it makes it place they ask, taking off. And it's symbolizing of putting on clothes. Think about it. How will you have a new dress or a new suit or you get a new job giving you a new uniform? You put that on and you have a new attitude. You have a new perspective. It says we need to get rid of this filthiness. Evil things, moral defilement, rank wickedness, uh, things that are totally defiled and evil before God. Tell your neighbor you need to remove that stuff. And, and when we remove that stuff, look what happens. Look what happens. We make room for God's word. Y'all see that there? It says, welcome his word that's been implanted. He, James is writing this to believers so they already have received the word, but sometimes we try to crowd the word of God with so much weeds, we don't give it room enough to grow in our lives that some of us are still dealing with the same issues we dealt with when we first gave our lives to Christ. That should not be. You should have matured. You should have grown. You should not still be wearing diapers when you are in high school. Hello, somebody. You should not be crawling to your classroom with a hall pass when you should be walking by. Now, am I talking to somebody? There's some things in our lives that we should have matured and gone on because we've gone stronger in the Lord and we better understand. There's some issues in our lives that we need to get rid of. We just remove. We need to let go so we can make room for the word of God to get in our and what happens when the word of God gets hard this is what starts happening to us we start receiving instructions we start receiving corrections we start receiving direction so we know where to go and where to be in our lives husbands become better husbands wives become better wives children become better children we become better co-workers we become better friends because it's the word of God that gets in us and not the world but if you listen to all those talk show TV shows they will tell you how to end the relationship but the word of God will show you how to 
keep, oh glory be to God, a relationship. God encourages us to be like him. Mm. And so he wants us to receive his word. So when we receive his word, when we receive his word, this is what we have to remove. We have to remove our ego and our pride and our pride and our, and our pride of thinking I know it already because you don't. You don't you don't know everything. I, I laugh at people when they come and they come to a familiar Bible story and say, I know this story. Well, then teach it. And let me ask you some questions. And then, then they change it. Oh, I don't know. all. And then that, that's what, so let's study. Then we always want to think we know something when we don't know everything. We need to submit humbly and surrender to the word of God and say, Lord, work on me. Work in me. Work through me. That's why Paul wrote that beautiful in Philippians says, he who begun a good work will complete it until the coming of a Lord and Savior. Anybody here glad that God's still working on you? Oh, glory be to God. And since we know he's still working, we need to humbly receive everything that he has for us. Lord, give me more of your word, more of you in my lives. And I will continue to tear off and peel off and remove everything that's not like you because I want to be what? More like you. So look what he moves into. How if we are listening to the word, then we'll be doers of the word and not just hearers only. You see that in the text, hearers are only fooling themselves. That's, that's hard right there. You are only fooling yourself when you are here. And hearers are these people. Hearers are these people. They're the ones that tell you how you're living in sin and how you need to get right with the word of God. And they'll give you a word and they go off and you hear about them doing the same thing. Those are hearers only. They, they hear it and they know what to tell you, but they can't tell anything to themselves. That's why Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. We are to be imitators of Christ. So then when people see us, they see Christ. But when we are just only being hearers, we are playing the fool. And, I, and if, I, if you're like me, you don't like to be called names. And I don't like being called a fool. But I'm being a fool when I'm only hearing God's word and not acting out God's word. I'm being a fool when the Bible tells me not to lie, but I'm going to lie anyway because I feel like lying that day. I'm playing the fool. We need to be clear to the director and the instructions of God's word and not fall for it. Because so look, hearers do not remember what they look like. Y'all see that in the text? This, this principle that James is building on about hearing of the word of God and applying it builds on that same principle that Jesus, our Lord, deal, dealt with in Matthew 7, chapter verses 24 and 27 about the wise builder and the foolish builder. Do you understand the content of that parable about who built their house on rock and who built their house on sand? It's based on those who heard the word and obey the word. So the one who heard and obey had rock foundation. Hearers only fooled himself, thought he had a house, but what did he have? Nothing. Y'all see that? Don't fool yourself thinking you're safe, thinking you're secure, and you're not standing on the solid foundation of the word of God. Because showing up when trials and tribulations come, when tests come, you're going to fall. Because you have nothing to stand on. But when you're standing on the promise of the Lord, hello, hallelujah. 
that will always be able to sustain you and keep you. Look at this text here. It says when you look in the mirror, you glance at it. This text to us, to us means something different because when we have a mirror, we have a great glass mirror that you can see everything on. But then they oftentimes had some, some polished bronze or a polished piece that wasn't very good, that they couldn't truly see the reflection. And so, therefore, they had to get a lot of light to look at it so that they could see something bouncing off this image. And it's pointing out that you had to look intently. You had to look intently. But those who did not look intently, they looked and forgot what they saw. That's like many of us when we find something that we don't like. We forget about it. Am I right about it? If you don't like it, I, 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 don't, I don't remember that. What happened? You know, when somebody brings up some bad stuff that happened to you, right? I don't remember that happening, right? And that's that the quote. I don't remember that happened. When did that happen? You know that happened. No, I don't remember falling down them stairs. What you talking about? You know, you forget stuff that you don't want to remember. And so some of us need to take some time and look at ourselves intently so we don't forget what we look like. But those who are not looking intently and look what it says that it's not receiving the word. We need to look into the word of God and saying, God, am I lining up with your word? And here's the challenge that can I honestly say to myself that I am being pure. I am being holy. I am being truthful. I am a person of integrity. I am giving to God what is his. I am being faithful and loving to my family. Am I showing up to my job and doing the best that I can? These are principles that if we start doing a checklist we might be ashamed and we might say you know what Lord I need to straighten up I need to get better how can I be a better father how can I be a better brother how can I be a better sister how can I be a, a better friend and we start looking at these things and God will start revealing things to you that you might see in yourself that you realize that I'm not as good as a listener as I thought I'm not as good of a friend as I thought I, I have not always been available like I told my friend I was you know how we like to sound like we're the best friend available call Call me anytime you need some help. I called you yesterday. You, you weren't available. What do you mean call you anytime? We need to catch ourselves and start realizing that sometimes we're just talking and we're not really listening. Can we be real with ourselves? Because the word of God will be real. Oh, glory be to God. The word of God is sharper than two-edged sword. It's going to cut. It's going to cut. Jesus says that the seed goes forth and it's going to bring forth fruit. The word of God is going to do what the word does. The question is, will you do what the word tells you to do? Mm. The word tells you to submit, to surrender. Will I do it? The word tells me to forgive and forget. Will I do it? The word tells me that I will lift you up and not tear you down. Will I do it? The world will say that I will give out of, my, out of my abundance to be a blessing to you. Will I do it? See, the world gives us things that's contrary to this world. And therefore, it's hard for us to do in this world because we don't want the world to talk about us. But remember, Jesus says that just as I was not of this world, neither should you be of this world. And catch this. If the world hates you, that's a good thing because they hated me first. So why be so angry? And if that's not good enough, he said, blessed are you who are persecuted for righteousness, for greater is your reward in heaven. And so we need to look intently so that we can remember who we are. 
Doers will look intently into the perfect law and remember remember this and let it lay hold to their hearts. God desires a right upon your hearts to give us fleshy hearts and remove the stony hearts and write his precepts, his commandments upon our heart that we might receive the law of liberty. And, and, and this is what will happen. Then you will be able to persevere and not forget what you hear because you have it sown upon your heart. That's why David wrote in that song, How can a young man keep his way pure before thy Lord? But have thine word hidden upon thy heart that I might not sin against you. It's kind of hard, hallelujah, it's kind of hard to break God's law when you know the law. Yeah, we, we think ignorance is bliss, don't we, boy? When you don't know something, you say, I can get away with it. But when you know it, it's kind of hard to, to cross that line. That's why people put those signs up because they know they can prosecute you in the court of law. When they got a big sign on their property saying, do not trespass. So when you do trespass, they say, I had a sign up. Guilty. There's no way around it because I put the sign up. You cross. You read it. You saw it. You're guilty. But you know another beautiful thing, too? Even if you didn't see, you're going to be guilty because they did what they're supposed to do. Because there's some laws out there you don't know that if you break them, they catch you. You still have to pay the fine. Ignorance is not bliss in the state of Illinois. If you don't know, that's your fault. They're going to give you the penalty. But we already read in our Bible that if you lack wisdom, hallelujah, ask God and he will generously give to your glory better God. So what you're looking for, how God's got it. So just go to him and say, Lord, I need you every day. I need you. And he will speak to you. But will you be quick to listen? We need to look into the word and let the word pierce us. Because when you let the word pierce us, this is what happens. It starts to be Christianity in action. You see that right there in the text? If you claim, I like how he puts that, if you claim to be religious. And so if you are religious, then this is what religion looks like. If you claim to be religious, don't control your, and, but don't control your tongue, you are what? Fooling yourself. Your religion is worthless, all oh, glory. And this is what we need to take hold of and, make, and look into our lives that I claim to be a Christian. I claim to, I claim to be a faithful member of my church. I, I claim to love the Lord, but yet my character does not line up with his word. How can I say that I am loving, but if you get on my last nerve, I'm about to tell you about yourself. And then you're going to tell, have the nerve to tell me that's tough love. We need to look closely and say, God, if I am loving you, it's evident in how I serve others. Y'all see that right there in the text? It says, true, pure religion, genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father means caring for orphans mm, and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Look again. He already told us the imperative be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, and remove filthiness. So don't let the world corrupt you. Then he goes on that you should have the word in your heart so you understand how to take care of the orphans and the widows in 
distress. Now, some of you might be saying, well, I don't know any orphans. I don't know any widows. That's good. Let me give you the, cool, the whole crutch of what he's getting at, that we need to look to serve the least. This society loves to cater to the best. We talked about that, did we not? That we like to give to the best. That's why we, we, we want to be VIPs. We want to get uh, uh, front row and, and front row seats. We want to be first class. It feels good to be first. Am I right about it? Y'all quiet on me. Y'all know y'all pay the extra money to get a first class. To get a, come on now. Y'all quiet on me. Y'all tell the truth. Come on now. It's good. It's good to be first. But the Bible is letting us know that if when we are as Christians, we understand how to be last. That we understand serving. That though I may fly first class when I went on my vacation, I know how to look after and serve people. I know how to give out of my abundance. I know how to look to serve one another and put others last. That way, when I say that you can call me anytime, I am willing to give up my time and answer that phone call and hear what you got to say, even though the bulls is on the TV right now. The basketball season starting now. I'm done with the Cubs. That's what it's going to take that I will put my stuff aside to look after those who need it most. That's what he's calling us to do. What is pure religion? What does it look like? And, and as we look at this and meditate on this, think about this, about the great prophet Elijah. Y'all know Elijah. Elijah was the one prophet that could pray for rain and stop for rain. He was the true one that could make it rain. He was able to embarrass a whole bunch of 400 or so false prophets of Baal. But yet Jezebel told him that what you did to them, so will I do to you. And he ran as far south as he could to get away from Jezebel. But God was right there. God woke him up, fed him by the angel, and then told him to run. He ran for 40 days on that great meal. And then he got to that mountaintop. And when he got to the mountaintop, God told him, wait there till you hear from me. And so he was there in the mountaintop. The fire came by. Grossing the wind came by. The earth shook, but God was not there. But when a still breeze came by, he heard God. What I'm trying to point out to us, that Elijah had to learn to be quick to listen. He was quick to react. Jezebel said something, he ran, and he was ready to give up on life. He said, I want to die. But God had to give him a lesson of patience and said, I want you to wait till I talk. Is that ministering to somebody right now? That you ought to wait until he talks. Because when he talks, things happen. Because when he speaks, things start to change. Because when he speaks, things have to react. Lazarus, come forth. <laughs> Little girl, get up. Peter, come. When he says things, things that happen, but we have to wait and listen. That's why we like that psalm, be still. And know that I am God. 
We need to take some time in our lives. I encourage you, if you have not done so, carve out at least, I said at least, 10 minutes to spend some time to read his word and sit there and listen. Just meditate. Don't ask God what you want and what you want to have on this day. Just sit down and say, God, minister to me through your word. I want everything that you have for me. I want you to speak to my heart and just sit there. And just, I bet you'll be blessed. You say, well, I don't have 10 minutes to stand still. Then turn the radio off in your car and just have silence while you're driving to your job and say, Lord, talk to me. And you'll start seeing your mind change, your attitude change, because now you're giving room for the word to move in your life. And you're removing all that clatter and that noise. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm almost done. The, the new cell phones now have two microphones. They have the microphone for you and a microphone on the back of the phone. And the reason why it does that, so that those can, people can hear you on the other side, that helps cancel out all of the noise around you so that they can better hear you. You might have seen that commercial by, by this one phone company, how they're answering phones in front of a helicopter saying, we'll be able to hear you. We got a clear call. They're trying to point out that we can hear you in the midst of the chatter, the midst of the noise, in the midst of the distraction. We can hear you. But some of us are so distracted in our lives, so overwhelmed in our lives, so stressed in our lives that we can't hear God. I'm here to encourage you to remove those distractions, remove those things that easily beset you, remove those things that are pulling you away so that you can hear God. Maybe you need to turn that TV off, turn that radio, turn that iPod, that iTunes, whatever you have off and say, God, this time is for you because God can move when you make room for him to move. So will you remember what you see or you forget it? Will you remember his word or are you going to forget it? Because it's going to be evident how you live your life because you might be able to fool everybody else, but you're only fooling yourself. That's what the Word of God says. How are you going to say you're this when you're truly that? You're fooling yourself. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we come to you right now, oh God. 